Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Tucker's Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Welcome to the show at 9.05 a.m. on the 21st of November. We're talking about society issues, and this is bullying, part two, prevention. Thank you for joining me. and gentlemen here we are sunday it is the 21st of november i hope everybody um is enjoying um their weekend and of course we're all back to work tomorrow it just seems that you know the weekend goes by too fast and we have so many things to get done and you know people are starting to do their uh christmas shopping and rushing around and that, so I hope you're, uh, you know, being safe out there. And that, so um, yesterday I was talking um, about um, bullying, um, what it is. And uh, this morning we'll be talking about um, prevention and how to prevent bullying and who should all be involved in this parents school staff and other caring adults have a role to play in preventing bullying help kids understand it talk about what bullying is and how to stand up to it safely tell kids bullying is unacceptable and make sure kids know how to get help one thing we always have to do too, ladies and gentlemen, we always have to keep the, 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 communi- the communication lines open and check in often with kids. Listen to them. Know their friends, ask about school, and understand their concerns. It's important too, ladies and gentlemen, that we encourage kids to do what they love to do special activities, interest, and hobbies can boost confidence, help kids make friends, and protect them from bullying behavior. Now, helping kids understand bullying, you know, we're just, you know, talking to them, you know, about what's going on in school and what's going on with their friends, but knowing who their friends are what bullying is, and, and, and we can better um, identify it. They can talk about bullying if it happens to them or others. Thank you for joining me this morning. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Now, yesterday I was uh, talking um, about um, bullying and uh, what it is, and uh, this morning... Um, talking about um, how to 
prevent bullying. Now, with helping kids understand it, and um, so, you know, what bullying is and what we can do to better um, identify it. Now, we always wanted to encourage our kids to speak to a trusted adult. If they are bullied or they see others being bullied. So, you know, by talking to a trusted adult, you know, they can give comfort, they can give support, they can give advice. And they can help hopefully solve the problem directly and encourage the child to report bullying. If it happens, then we, you know what? Talk about it, how to stand up to kids who bully. But it's not just kids, you know, teenagers as well. You know, so bullying stops us from being who we want to be. It prevents us from expressing ourselves freely. And it might even make us feel unsafe. If you are bullied, say something. If you are bullying, it's not acceptable. Now, I might be bullied. So important thing here is to speak up. So we always tell our kids to tell somebody. It's better to let a trusted adult know than to let the problem continue. And we get familiar with what bullying is and what is not. If you recognize any of the descriptions, you should stay calm, stay respectful, and tell, tell an adult as soon as possible. Now, yeah, we want to teach our kids safety. We want to teach our kids about bullying. We want our kids to stand up. We want our kids to talk about it. You know, um, but where does the bullying end? Yeah, you know, the child has spoken up. Action has been taken. You know, this could be verbally. This, you know, by teasing, this could be pushing and shoving every single day. It could be taking your lunch money. It could be knocking your books out of your hand, taking your phone. All these sort of things that, that you know, uh, bullies do. But they also have another tool that bullies use, and that's also cyber bullying. Now, someone is bullying you online or via text message. Remember, bullying does not only happen at the schools. It can happen anywhere, including those through texting in the Internet and social medias. Bullying can go on 24-7. 
with the technology that we have today. But we still have to talk to our kids about it. And that's why we have to keep the lines of communication open. It tells us that children really do look at parents and caregivers for advice and help on tough decisions. Sometimes spending 15 minutes a day talking can reassure kids that they can talk to their parents if they have a problem. We need to start the conversations about daily life and feelings with questions like these. What was one good thing that happened today? Any bad things? What is lunchtime like at your school? Who do you sit with? What do you talk about? What is it, what is it like to ride on the school bus? What are you good at? What would you do or what you like best about yourself? You know, directly opening up these communication lines is so important and these important steps to an understanding how the issues might affecting kids. There are no right or wrong answers to these questions, but it's important to encourage kids to answer them honestly. I mean, who knows their kids better than the parents? And assure the kids that they are not alone in addressing any problems that arise. Start the conversation about bullying with questions like these ones here. What does bullying mean to you? Describe what kids who bully are like. What do you think and, and why do you think people bully? Have you ever felt scared to go to school because you were afraid of bullying? What ways have you tried to change it? What do you think parents can do to help stop it? Have you or your friends left other kids out on purpose? And do you think that was do you think that was bullying and why and why not? What do you usually do when you see bullying going on? You know, people stand around with the cell phones out if they have one. Do you ever see kids in your school being bullied by other kids? How does it make you feel? Have you ever tried to help someone who was being bullied? What happened? What would you do if it happened again? These are so important questions to ask. Now, like I said, it's so important, you know, to keep the communication lines open every single day with your kids, 
all the time. Now, you know, the schools have policies and procedures in the event of kids being bullied, right? So bullying, you know, can threaten students' physical and emotional safety at school and can negatively impact their ability to learn. The best way to address bullying is to stop it before it starts. And there's a number of, of things schools, school staff can do to make schools safer and prevent bullying, starting with training the school staff and students to prevent and addressing bullying that can help sustain bullying. Prevention over time. Right, even he, you know, and it, you know, with the federal mandates for bullying, um, and for, for staffing training. And some of these examples that the schools can consider, and that's activities to teach students about bullying. I mean, they have to have this in their curriculum. Yes, we do our math, they do their reading, they do their English, they do their history, geography, or whatever you're learning in school. We have to, even as parents, be a part of what the school is doing. And yes, they should be talking about this. Yes, they should be addressing this, right? Because they don't have, um, and don't always need formal programs to help students learn about bullying prevention. They can incorporate the topic of bullying prevention in lessons and activities and we talk about, you know, the examples of what they can do in the internet or library research that says looking at types of bullying. From cyberbullying to that, just that bullying that was always been on the playgrounds before we even had any of this technology. They can even do like presentations such as speech and role play on stopping bullying. Discussions about topics like reporting it. Creative writing, such as poems speaking out against bullying or story or skit teaching bystanders how to help. Now, how often are they doing this? Are they doing this in schools? It doesn't have to be every single day. I mean, it could be, you know, once a week on teaching a lesson about bullying. I know when I went to grade school, we didn't do any of this. Was bullying prevalent? Back when I went to, when, when I was in grade school in the 60s and 70s, yeah, it was prevalent. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, the bullies were on the playgrounds. And that's when they had the opportunity to do it during recess, during lunchtime, after school, 
but they were never given the opportunity back then because back then there was no technology. There was no social media. So they'd have to wait till the next day to bully you again. So we never had a lesson once a week, twice a week, or once a month on how to prevent bullying. When I was, you know, up to probably up to about grade two, we still had the strap. So the bully would get the strap. It solved nothing. That just infuriated the bully for the next time. Or they got suspended. They got sent home. But then that would just infuriate the bully even more the next day because you told. But we shouldn't have to be afraid to tell somebody about being bullied or that you know somebody else that is being bullied and we're going to stand up for them. Now, the schools may choose to implement formal evidence-based programs. Many evaluated programs that address bullying are designed for use in elementary and middle schools. And fewer programs exist for high schools in non-school settings. And there are many considerations in selecting a program, including the, the, the school's demographics, capacity, and resources. And also be assured to avoid misdirection and bullying prevention and response. And of course, we got to, you know, have the staff training on bullying prevention. Assesses bullying assessments, such as surveys, can help schools determine the frequency and locations of bullying behavior. They can also gauge on effectiveness of current prevention and intervention efforts. Knowing what is going on can help school staff select appropriate prevention and response uh, strategies. Assessments involve asking school or community members, including students, about their experience and thoughts related to bullying. An assessment is planned, purposeful, and it uses these tools in research. So what can assessments do? Know what's going on. You know, uh, you know, adults underestimate the rates of bullying because kids rarely report it. And it can often happen when adults aren't around. And assessing bullying through anonymous surveys can provide a clearer picture of what is going on. So we can't always know what is happening when we're not around. And, and of course, I mean, adults aren't around when kids are bullying using the social medias that we have today. It doesn't stop 
in the schoolyard. It continues via the social medias. The assessments also include the, the you know, target efforts. Understanding trends and types of bullying in your schools can help plan bullying prevention and intervention efforts. And of course, we talk about an assessment can explore specific bullying topics, such as frequencies and types of bullying, adult and peer response, locations including hotspots, meaning where it's more prevalent, where it's going to happen more often. And have the staff perceptions and attitudes about bullying. Aspects of the school or community that may support or help stop it. It's in the student's perception on safety and the school climate. You know, from the, the, the school superintendent, you know, the principal, um, all support staff, teachers, parents, you know, develop and implement an, uh, an assessment. Now, you know, when it comes to the administrator, you know, um, surveys early in the next, like do it in the, like schedule the surveys after students are settled in a routine, but there's also time to use the findings in the school year's prevention efforts. So when they're setting up these, these assessments, you know, they can start talking about it and teaching strategies on how to prevent it. The other important thing though, too, you know, with the schools and, and with the authorities, you know, we have to engage parents. You know, and with the school staff um, to help deal and to prevent bullying and protect students, but obviously they can't do it alone because, you know, we the parents, you know, we have a responsibility too. Yes, we send our kids off to school, we go off to work, but it doesn't end there. You know, the parents and, and the youth in preventing bullying at school and one mechanism for engaging parents and youth at school is the safety committee. And can bring the community together to keep bullying prevention at school active and focused. 
how often do these these uh, parent school and safety committees with, with parents and teachers and, and principals how how often do when they do when they meet I mean how often do they even bring up the subject of bullying? Even when they meet once a month or twice a month or whatever the times it is, it should always be a topic on the table. There isn't one single school that doesn't have bullying. Every single school does. Whether it's grade school or even high school. Now, the benefits of a parent and the youth engagement and, and with the school administration, such as the principals, they can play a powerful role in bullying prevention. They can inspire others to maintain a climate of respect and inclusion. But a principal cannot do it alone when parents and youth are involved in this, in, in, in this solution. Now, the part of the benefits of this is students feel safer and can focus on learning. Parents can worry less, which is what we hope for. Teachers and staff can focus on their work. Schools can develop more responsive solutions because students are more likely to see or hear about bullying than adults do. And the school climate improves because students are engaged in talking action to stop bullying. So it's just not having, you know, um, this uh, committee just with parents, but we also obviously have to engage the youth in this topic. And the parents can support the school's message about bullying at home they are also more likely to recognize signs that a child has been bullied or is bullying others. Because this, this engagement has to include the perpetrators, the ones that are doing the bullying. It's not just one single person. And it, and it involves groups, boys and girls, when they gang up on somebody. This caller trying to come call in here. Are you there? Now, the other thing, though, too, I mean, schools, I mean, they have to have policies. They have to have rules. Now, the school staff can help prevent bullying by establishing and enforcing school rules and policies, policies that clearly describe how students are expected to treat each other. The code of conduct in our schools. 
for all people involved, the students, teachers. How are you doing this morning? Hello. 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 Yeah, you're breaking. How are you? I'm good. You're breaking up on me. Oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah, no, you're still breaking up on me. Oh, what would you? No, what you? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You're still. Yeah, you're you're still breaking up on me. If you can try to call in, um, have a headset on, or uh, earpiece or something, um, a, a, a different area. Uh, but thanks for trying to call in. I, I appreciate that. Um, so when we talk about setting the policies and the rules um, in the school and enforcing these rules and policies and the types of rules and policies, um, there are several types of policies and rules that work to prevent bullying. Each serves a different purpose. A school mission statement established a vision for the school. Just like a mission statement establishes a vision for a workplace. Because the school is a workplace and it is a learning facility. Everyone should know how they personally help the school achieve this goal. The name of school is committed to each student. Success in learning within a caring, responsive, and safe environment that is free of discrimination, violence, and bullying. All workplaces have these mission statements. Because even in workplace, uh, you know, outside of a workplace of a school, the violence and bullying and that too and discrimination in workplaces. And of course, the code of conduct describes the positive behaviors expected of the school community. The code of conduct applies to everybody. And that's the same thing when you go to your job. We have the code of conduct. It sets the standards for behavior and covers a focused set of expected positive behaviors. And sometimes specifically what must be included at a school's code of conduct. A student bill of rights includes positive things students can expect at school. Keep it short and easy to remember so it's useful in the day in the day and day school life. Right? Each student at school 
has the right to learn in a safe and friendly place. Be treated with respect. Receive the help and support of caring and uh, of caring uh, uh, of, of adults. And what we have to do, ladies and gentlemen, we're, when we're integrating these rules and policies into a school culture, you have to develop and update school rules and policies. Have a plan for keeping them relevant and meaningful for students and, and all staff. You know, we also have to include the parents and the students in these rules and policies. And when we're developing these policies, giving students a role can help them set their own climate of respect and responsibility. And the parental involvement can reinforce these messages at home. The code of conduct in any workplace is no different. And when we're coming to be able to be in a safe place, whether it's a school or your workplace, the code of conducts and rules and policies have to be there. And of course, they have to be enforced. And we talk about responding to bullying. And we need to stop it on the spot. Right from the very second that it happens. And when other kids see this happening on the playgrounds or, you know, uh, a, a teacher or whatever, when it comes to adults respond quickly and consistently to bullying behavior, they send the message that it's not acceptable. Intervene immediately. It is okay to get another adult to help. Separate the kids involved. Make sure everyone is safe. And meet any immediate medical or mental health needs. Now, there's some mistakes that people do avoid these common mistakes. Don't ignore it. Don't think kids can work it out without any adult help. Don't immediately try to sort out the facts and don't force other kids to say uh, publicly what they saw. Don't question the the children involved in front of other kids. Don't talk to the kids involved together, only separately. And don't make the kids involved apologize or patch up relationships on the spot. You know, back in the day, you know, this is kind of the sort of the things that, you know, they want you to shake hands and be friends. 
you know, just knock it off, just knock the rust stuff off, you know, no horseplay around. It's not horseplay. Now, sometimes, you know, this gets to the point where the school officials, of course, they have to get the parents involved. And of course, they may have to get the police. And when they need the police, or even medical attention, um, if a weapon is involved, there are threats of serious physical injury. These are threats of hate-motivated violence, such as racism or homophobia. There is serious bodily harm. There is sexual abuse. And anyone is accused of an illegal act such as robbery or extortion using force to get money, property, or services. You know, just the other day, here in Ontario, Canada, at a high school, a student was seriously harmed. And unfortunately, he came, he succumbed to his injuries on the school property. It's not just about, you know, teasing somebody or just picking on them every day. You know, it's when it turns to bodily harm. But there's still no excuse whether you think that, you know, by using words and teasing somebody because of the way they look or their cultural background, their skin color, Words leaves mental scars. Physical leaves physical scars. It's not okay either way. Now, the other thing that we have to have to do, we have to, you know, determine if it is bullying and there are many behaviors that look like bullying, but require different approaches. It's important to determine whether the situation is bullying or something else. Now they just may be having a fight over something. You know, you took my girlfriend away from me. So now I'm going to beat you up. That sort of stuff happens. So now we have to determine, is this bullying or is this just a fight? Is this just a, a disagreement of some sort? You know, we have to determine what is the history between the kids involved? 
Have there been past conflicts? Is there a power imbalance? And remember that a power imbalance is not limited to physical strength. It's sometimes not easily recognized if the targeted child feels like the there is a power imbalance, there probably is. Now, power imbalance, like they say, it doesn't mean strength. Power imbalance, you know, because, you know, this is a rich kid picking on a poor kid. You know, because he can't, because he can't, you know, you go to go to school and he's not wearing the 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 new trends that's going on out there every single day. So it's not just, you know, about strength and size. And has this happened before? Is the child worried it'll happen again? You know, have, have the kids dated? Like I said, you know what? Hey, buddy, you took my girlfriend. Now we're going to scrap it out. That just may be just a one-time thing. But we have to determine whether it is or not. Maybe, maybe you bullied them in the past. But then things, you know, really escalated because, you know, um, it had to do over dating. You know, there are special responses for, for, for teen dating violence. Are any of the kids involved with a gang? Gang violence has different interventions. And remember that it may not matter who started it. Some kids who are bullied may be seen as annoying or provoking but this does not excuse the bullying behavior. Why would anybody want to provoke it? I don't think the kids who are being bullied provoke it. Because bullying starts with many things. And it could just be that just because somebody wears glasses or they're wearing braces on their teeth. They have a hearing aid. They have some sort of physical disability. It's not provoked by the person being bullied. It's the way the bully sees you and that you become an easy target. And that's what bullies prey on. They prey on an easy target. You can't understand why anybody would want to, to, you know, provoke it. You know, whether you're black or you're brown or you're Asian, Middle Eastern, The way you do, to way you to, to the way that you're dressed because it's not your fault. 
that you don't have the new trends that kids are wearing today. I mean, if we were all dealt the same cards, we would all be coming from wealthy families. But that's not how it is. Not everybody obviously comes from wealthy families. And it's not always just one person bullying. It could be a group of kids that hang out and have nothing better to do all day than to pick on somebody. Bullying is a serious, serious thing, ladies and gentlemen. It goes on every single day. Prevention is the best policy. And how the the, the school and, and the parents and the kids how we all work together in preventing bullying even helping the individual or individuals who are doing the bullying because we have to get to the root of the problem. We have to under try to understand why, you know, this, this child or these group of kids are ganging up on certain groups or an individual. And that's where we have to start is at the root of the problem. We have to find out what the root of the problem is. So it's always important too if you have kids who are in grade school, who are in high school. I mean, don't be afraid to talk to your teenagers. You know, and when you're talking to your teenagers, you talk to them like an adult. And there's different ways to approach on how to talk to your teenagers. And you can look this stuff up on how to talk to your teenagers, how to talk to your kids. The resources are out there. The schools are there to help. The community is there to help. Action speaks louder than words. Just talking about it and and doing very little or not enough isn't stopping bullying. And, And could we really fully stop it? We probably can't really fully stop it, but at least we can put these preventative measures in place and act on them accordingly.
So I want to thank you for taking the time out of your, your morning here Sunday. Out of your busy day. Thank you for joining me here live on the Truckers Podcast. Um, as I will be out again um, next weekend. Um, I've tried to do shows in midweek, beginning of the week and stuff like that. But my work schedule just does not allow it. Thank you for the uh, comments. Now, um, so generally, you know, I'm out here Saturday morning, Sunday mornings. And that because my work schedule just doesn't um, allow me to um, get out in the evenings. Because um, one, I mean, I would not like, I mean, I wouldn't want to do a show when I'm tired, you know, because um Because then you can't think, you can't concentrate, you know. Um, yeah, you know, um, morning, you know, you know, a Sunday morning, like you say here, um, is, is both um, is that at dead had the dead times and stuff like that. But you know, like a Sunday morning, and people are, you know. You know, 9 a.m. is not too bad, but um, doing it even in, in the evenings, um, you know, after all the things I do um, um, all day on the weekends and then, you know, getting ready for um, preparing for, for work the next day um, and stuff like that is really hard to find a niche on, on what time to really do it because, of course, all the time time zones around the world. So whether I do it uh, a, an evening show as well, um, I, I don't think it's really going to make that much of a difference, um, you know, for, for scheduling and, you know, because I can't meet obviously, you know, all the time zones um, that we have. So um, people, you know, they will, you know, listen, listen to it at their leisure you know, when they can, but, you know, like always, I mean, I always, um, appreciate, um, um, people's comments and, and, and things like that. So, um, I just try to get out here and do the best I can, um, um, give you or, or talk about important topics, you know, um, in our society and, in, in this, uh, society issues, um, that come along with it, you know, of, of course, even in the news uh, of what is going on, um, subjects like that as well, I think are, are important to, to just to, to bring out and, and talk about it. You know, what's going on here in, in Canada, you know, and things like that. So, um, I guess it's something that um, when it comes to, you know, a time of day, you know, morning, afternoon, evenings um, to, to, uh, to do a podcast. I, I've done 
I've looked up things and when's the best time to do it and, and stuff like that. And of course, like, you know, all the time zones come into effect, you know, I'm sure I like to have, you know, 30, 40 people come listening in, in, on the podcast, you know, when I do it on the weekends um, and stuff like that, but I'm not in control of that. You know, it's the listeners that decide to come on and say, oh, what's this podcast about? You know, and then you come on here and, you know, um, I keep you here. I, I keep you listening because everybody says, come on this show this morning. You have stayed here for the entire episode. And I appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, I appreciate that. So again, I want to thank you for taking the time out of out, out of your morning or whatever it's afternoon or maybe it's even your evening now. Um, thank you for taking the time to come out here and, and listen to the Truckers podcast. I'm your host, Doug. Ontario, Canada. Take care, be safe, and thank you.